Blog Talk Radio. It's time for Breaking Chains new show, History Talk, with Dr. LaVert Kemp. So turn the broadcast up and let's break chains in our history. Good evening. This is Dr. LaVert Kemp. With just a little walk through the origin of man and the history. And I would like to deal with history from an Afrocentric perspective. Again, that's from the Afrocentric perspective. And the information that I I have didn't just come from, did not just come from uh, African American, but some of your most noted anthropologists, archaeologists, also geneticists and botanists, the information that I've gathered in, and a lot of the information comes from different Jewish historians and, and others uh, that had credence, world mark of nation, books, uh, nations, uh, that give explanation on it. And I would like to say that we need to really study real history and really and real the origin of man for for some reason with the Eurocentric schools that we have for some reason have made everyone to be Caucasian. It can't be any modernized advanced civilization unless they were mixed breed or they had Asian or Caucasian blood in them and it's so far from the truth. We know that through anthropologists that the origin of man and we always go back every at the beginning of, of every history talk or every history lesson of the origin of man. I go back through the origin of man because it's very important that we understand where man came from. And once we understand that, we can know, understand how did man look and where, how did man change the way they look and how different races came about. Different terms we need to learn in different terms like mutations and, 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 and uh, mitochondrial DNA different things like that. We need to learn what Zenzantropy or Zenzantropus and Australopithecus, terms like that mean to really get the uh, understanding of it and learn a little bit about geography and Odiva Gorge, which is in Tanzania, Africa. We need to understand these things, but tonight, well, like always, I, I start off talking about where that our archaeologists and anthropologists say that man originated from. That's what they call, uh, fossil, what they call Lucy, which is Australopithecus. Uh, the fossil of a skeleton was found in Ethiopia in 1974, and it's it similar, okay, simply because of the upending of this understanding of the process of evolution 
but because she became a household name, Lucy. Lucy, a uh, skeleton of Lucy, partial skeleton of Lucy was found uh, and dated back to be about 3.18 million years. And this skeleton was found by Professor Donna Johansson and Tom Guy, who was looking for rocks like archaeologists, and they stumbled upon the dig and found a fossil of a of a, of a lady, and they call her Lucy. It was found in 1974 in southern Ethiopia, and when they found this skeleton in Ethiopia. They knew that Africa had always been supposedly been the uh, origin where mankind started from, and it goes even further because because I told you about Australopithecus uh, dealing with uh, man. Uh, they believed that man was uh, Darwin say evolved from an ape, but. Uh, this thing was set back for so many years, they thought that this happened, but some of the things that's going to be said is going to uh, really derail Darwin theory. Then later on, you have uh, anthropologist Louis Leakey and his wife, Mary Douglas Leakey, in, in uh, February the 6th. Yeah, they lived. He was born February sixth, nineteen thirteen, and he passed December nineteen ninety six. He was a British paleontologist. Well, he was a pair paleontologist, yeah, who discovered the first fossil called Proconsul skull. It was like an extinct um, form of like a ape, but it favored a human so much. And this Mary Leakey, she discovered this robust Zenzanthropus, and Zenzanthropus just simply means Northeast Africa. And the skull was found in the Old Deep Gorge in Tanzania in East Africa. And several archaeological and anthropological uh, finds were found. They found fossils of ancestors, Going back, and they found some fossils that they found. When they found what happened, they found their pelvises and noticed that they could walk upright, and they were not walking upright. That's why they go to a part they call Homo erectus. They also found in an excavating O.D. Gorge in Africa in 1916, Professor Leakey, they found arrowheads, they found other different artifacts that dated so far back that intelligence of man that they knew it couldn't have been a primate because a primate wouldn't have had the intelligence to be able to make these things. Now, going on and to try to find out, they're trying to find out, then they want, you want to try to find out by DNA, DNA, where did we come from, DNA? And what the scientists start doing, start looking for what you call trace. DNA and maternal inheritance, mitochondria within our cells. All humans have uh, theoretical common ancestors. We all have 
uh, common ancestors. We all came from somewhere. Biblically, they say we came from Eve. But now, there was this woman known as Mycochondria Eve, who lived between 100 to 200,000 years ago in South Africa. She was not the first human, but every other female lineage that they that they found eventually didn't have offspring. And failing to pass on this mitochondrial DNA, as a result, all humans today can trace, trace their mitochondrial DNA back to what they call mitochondrial Eve. And that of our peers that exist today, all genetic variations we see in contemporary humans since Eve time, different populations of humans have drifted apart genetically, forming distinct ethnic groups, Chinese, Japanese, Vietnamese, or Asians, whatever, people in India. But they all carry the DNA of mitochondrial DNA E. So they know that it all came from this lady in Africa. Now, they found someone closely matching this lady's DNA, what they derived from her, mitochondria Eve. They found a man who died about 315 B.C. before Christ in southern Africa is the closest relative yet known to humanity, common female ancestor, mitochondria Eve. He would know that he was a fisherman by what they call a fisherman here. And he was the closest match to Eve. And they found his his his, his skeletal remains in what they called St. Helena Bay in South Africa. By he was found by archaeologist named Andrew Smith at the University of Cape Town. This tells us that Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, is the cradle of civilization. We learned so much from these things about Sub-Saharan Africa. So if civilization started in Africa, we know that the people, we know how today how people from Africa looks. And they even go further and give proof that the first people were really dark-skinned people. One of the great geneticists and botanists, Gregoire Mendel, he was a science of genetics and botanist. He proved by geneticists that black or brown skin was dominant, carried dominant genes, light or white skin were the recessive genes. Now, he said brown eyes, dominant gene. Blue eyes, light eyes, were not pure. They were recessive gene. Now, he has this thing. It's a chart that he has, and it shows how you take and you make, if you put two dogs together, you come up with a dominant. You put a light and a dark together, you're still going to come. But if you put two lights, you come up recession, with recessive gene. And that's how you come up with, uh, with, with blue eyes, with two recessive genes. Um, and so here it is now. This is Gregoire Mendel. Everyone I've just quoted are, are, are Caucasian. 
that 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 said this about the dominant and the recessive genes. And uh, I often tell a little little a little humor in it. I've never seen a white horse running in the Kentucky Derby. You, they say they want thoroughbred, mean purebreded, and that's where they come from. Now. They have what you call out of Africa. They show this thing and different things. They show how people left Africa, and they show people dark, almost looking like monkeys, but they were dark-skinned people, and they left out of Africa, and they went in to Europe. And by the difference in the climate and the conditions, they went through what you call a mutation. And a mutation, if you know what a mutation is, that a change took place. Out of African European mutation and skin color with recessive genes. Then Mendel came up with a law why we have uh, light-skinned people and we have dark-skinned people. What Mendel have, have with three laws, Mendel say the law of inheritance. In other words, we inherited things from our, our 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 forefathers. It go back so many uh, years back, and then it's the law of dominance and segregation. When whites went up in Europe, they were segregated from where they came from. So if you take a white person and they cohabit with another with another white, you come up with white, and they continue just to they among their own self up in Europe and breed, and so they came up with a white race. I, I this is just uh, something that I came up with. I came up with. I wanted to know why. Well, if you look at the population of the world, Caucasians or the white, so-called white race, which they wasn't called whites until about six in the 16 or 1700s. But nevertheless, they they. Uh, Nevertheless, the white race, with so-called white race, European, this came through a mutation of skin and recessive genes. And what you once you get a chance to look up the word mutations, and that is a mutation of the uh, race. But now, it's important that we understand that black is a dominant color. That all that the color we are in the spectrum is come from black. Now, the law of dominance part that appear for uh, contrasting the characters cross only one form of traits. That's your dominant appearance. That's why you have dark on dark is dark. But at the same time, you could take a dark or you could take a black person and come up with that which is albino because that whenever there's something missing in that DNA structure. Like for black people where with albino is melanin. And that's why white sunburn, they like melanin in their color. They don't have melanin in their skin and most other races have more melanin in their skin. And that was part of the mutation when they left and went in in there and they stayed up in Europe and they mainly uh, breathing amongst themselves. Now, it's important that we also uh, understand the fact that in dealing with that, you have different ones. They, they were talking about the caveman and 
that they were saying that when they found these skeletons in Europe about the skull was larger. So this was refuted by many, many scholars. Neanderthal man's skull was bigger than an African skull, people on the African continent, and that meant he was smarter. Well, on the African continent was the first civilization, first skyscrapers. That was refuted. No big, no man have conquered elephants, hippos. The skull has nothing to do uh, with being smart, the skull side. That have been something perpetrated from the pits of hell upon African-Americans or people of African descent or Negroes, whatever you want to call, that to make you feel inferior, that has never had anything. First heart transplant came from dark-skinned people. All the different sciences and stuff, embalming came from Africa. The mummies, the pyramids, the hieroglyphics, the Phoenicians were from the from Ham, and that means they were black people, and they did the alphabets, the phonics, mathematicians, come way before Christ. Imhotep, archaeology, I mean architect and everything else, all these people come off the African continent. So don't believe, let anyone tell you because you are of uh, the African descendant or descended from Africa that you are not intelligent nor smart. Now, the way we may carry ourselves, we make ourselves be that way, but we still have others from other races that are just over the wall too. Now, uh, then I, I, as I continue to study, and I'm going to say this and I'm going into the back into the Bible days, now, I just want you to understand, even uh, in, in the Americas, there were what you call colossal heads, big stone heads, uh, statue like stone heads. Now, these statues were like 14, 9 feet tall, 14, almost the size of, close to almost the size of a two-story building. And they called they were called the Omec people. And the civilization was before Christ's time. This thing was twelve hundred was some was twelve hundred years before BCE before Christ's advent. Some was four hundred years before Christ's advent. And they found those around Mexico and down up in South America. They found, and it's about 17 have been on earth, uh, uncovered to this date, and 10 around St. Lorenzo's down to in Mexico, and Levante. Now, I want us to understand that 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 before, if they if people talk that blacks have been all over the world, so it's not that we didn't travel. Because you could go to Australia and you'll find the Aboriginal people the first there. You could go to India and India have Africans there that's been there for thousands of years. All over in the Pacific, you find that they have Africans in, in, in those areas. So let us not allow anyone to tell us or take us back that we are not who we are. Now, I want us to understand this thing. Now, I went back to the Bible, 
And I thought as I studied my Bible, I I began to, I wanted to know when I was getting my master's, I wanted to know why different narratives had only whites that were in the Bible. Everybody in the Bible, the apostles, the prophets, the priests, Moses, Jesus, Aaron, David, everybody was white. And as I realized, there were no Caucasians in that area. It wasn't called the Middle East during that time. It was called North Africa. And I began to study my Bible, and as I studied my Bible, it talks about after God had made all the animals and all the vegetation and separated night from day. I began to read, and then I began to read that God created man from the dust of the earth. I never seen snow white dust. And breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. Now, they say we are made and created in the image of God and in his likeness. Now, that that, that has nothing. God is not, uh, don't have a human form. God is a spirit, and they that worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. But in his likeness, we made it with a body. See, we, we, see, we have a, a, no, I'm sorry about that. We have an intellect. We, could, we, we, we intellectual, we could think. We could, we have sorrow. We, 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 we go through sorrow. We, there's so many elements that with mind, emotion, and intellect, that's how we created in God's image. We have the ability, like other animals don't, to worship God. We have the ability to name every animal. We have ability to conquer. Matter of fact, man is God's masterpiece of God's creation. But then why did God make man? The, the Bible says he made, created man in the Garden of Eden. Well, where was the Garden of Eden, Dr. Kemp? Well, the Bible tells us where the Garden of Eden was located. It talks about one river turned to four rivers, and it began to name them, the Gion, the Pishon, and the Hedekia, and the Euphrates River. Well, even uh, Strobos, Tacitus, uh, you name all the top five, Lehman, Josephus, you name all these, they will tell you that, 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 that the Pishon and the Gion is the Nile River. And you know that the Nile River is in Africa. Now, this encompasses the Garden of Eden. I'm not saying it didn't go into what we call, call Asia today, you know, way, way, uh, Babylon and, and all these other places and, and Saudi Arabia and all these places. Because the garden had to be a large place for every type animal to live. You just couldn't have a little small area and say you have every insect and every animal. But the Bible says it split it in and it went into four different waters. Well, it talks about the Pishon and Gion encompass the land of Havilah, which is Ethiopia, which is the land of Cush, meaning Ethiopia, Somaliland, which is Somalia, and we know that's on the coast of Africa. All these things are things that we need to need to pick up when they're saying things. Or when you when you're looking for certain things, you find out that the ham they say that we came off of ham. Now it's a it's a statement that 
that Adam and Eve had thirty Adam and Eve had thirty two sons and twenty three I think it's twenty three daughters. That's what uh the Jewish historian Flavius Josephus wrote. Now it is incumbent upon me to tell you that even in within these things, these boundaries here, and going in the E they said that it encompassed that land. I am a firm believer that the land masses could this is be before Noah and the great flood that the land masses was connected together and it encompassed. And I'm of a thing that the Abanti, because I know even today they have the White Nile and the Blue Nile River. You can find that on your on your map of Africa. Also, when it gets down or in somewhere around uh, Sudan or somewhere, they got what they call the Abyssinian River, Abantu, excuse me, Abantu River. And that, that could be a part of it. Because it does flow east, I mean, uh, east and west. And because they said, uh, we know the Tigris River is run through Babylon, which which is a rock right now. Now, it runs through that area, but they say the Tigris ran the same way with it, north and south parallel with it. Well... The Tigris River don't run now north, and the Hidikyota, which they say is the Tigris, it don't run north and south. I mean, it's supposed to run east and west, but it runs north and south parallel with the Euphrates River. Now, I want us to understand this, that a lot of things in the Bible, it takes you time to study. It is important that once we study, when we get around that 10th chapter of the book of Genesis, after the flood, it was just Noah, his wife, and his three sons and their wife. The son was Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. Shem is what you call the Semites, the children of Israel. Jephthah, the white race. They say Ham was the African race. Now, I want you to understand that even today there are people who who uh, say that they are Israelites and are not. And I've showed you this on many occasions that uh, if you look at Genesis starting off in that 10th chapter, it starts off by giving the descendants of Jephthah. And they, they talk about the descendants. They got a name I want you to find. They call Eskenaz, which is the son of Magar, one of uh, Jephthah's grandkids. Is Eskenaz. Now, the people that's in the Holy Land today call themselves Eskenized Jews. Well, if you're off of Jephthah, you can't be a Jew. You can't be an Eskenized Jew because there's no such thing. You're not an Israelite. You have to be a, be a, from the tribe off of Shem to be that. And then you have the Khazars. The Khazars are not all are not Shemites. And the other is the Serpentine. They are not, and these are the three different ethnic groups that's over in Jerusalem or the Holy Land right now. None of them came or were descendants from Shem. They are not from Shem at all. They are. They claim they're Jews, but they are not. Look at it in your Bible. And then, in that around that chapter, it talks about the youngest son named Ham. Ham had put Cush, his son with 
Cush, C-U-S-H, Put, P-U-T, and Metherum. Metherum is the real name for Ephraim and that Canaan. Canaan is where Jerusalem is, to, is, is the Holy Land, Jerusalem. Okay, Cush is Ethiopia. Put, Put is Libya. Put, Cush, Metherum, and Canaan. Canaan is the Holy Land where the Palestinians and the others are in that country right now. And it's important for us. To, we, we need to learn these things uh, so we'll know exactly what to to do. And I found something strange when, as I studied to find more and more information about if you ever get a chance, I look because it doesn't, and it's not clear because it don't go deep inside of it. Now, I told you you got the Eskenaz and you got your Khazars and your Sephardim, that this, the ethnic groups that's there now. But now, if you get a chance to look up Ham in Zondervan, but you have to look it up in Zondervan Compact Dictionary. And it'll say that Ham is the young, I mean, they this, this say, okay, Ham is the youngest son of Noah, born probably about 96 years before the flood, and one of the eight persons to live through the flood. He became the progenitor of the dark race, not the Negro race. And they'll tell you that Put, Cush, and Metherum, and Canaan, came from him. Well, they said not the Negroes. Well, who did the Negroes come from? Evidently, the Negroes are Shem. And and th this is something that I looked up. I was studying when I was getting my um, my master's, and I went to the World Modern Nation, and the World Modern Nation, I wanted to find out where Abraham came from. But before that, the Bible says that where Abraham was from is called the land of Nimrod. Nimrod was Ham's grandson. They was the one at the Tower of Babylon in the uh, 11th chapter of Genesis. Those of you who are Bible readers, go to 11th chapter and you're going to read about how God confounded the tongue because Nimrod was leading them to build this, this big building talking about going to heaven, up to heaven. Well, the Bible declared that he confounded their tongue, and they didn't reach it. But Nimrod was the only one that God said, oh, mighty warrior before the Lord, a mighty hunter. He called him mighty. But Nimrod was leading them the wrong way. Well, where Abraham came from, you'll find out at, at that time, the children of Jephthah, right that time when he babbled their languages, the children of Jephthah went up into Europe. The children of Ham was in the Holy Land and right around the Africa. Now, the Shemites was right around in the Middle East. But now this is something that I found out. They say where Abraham, right around in the area, you're going to find out where Abraham came from. They say, Ur the Chaldees of Mesopotamia. But I looked up 5,000 years ago in the land of, of that area, they called the people with the Sumerans. And the people of the Sumerans, they say, was more or less like an Ethiopian civilization. The word for Ethiopia was Kush, mean burnt face. Now, I want you to understand this. 
I asked, I was, I wanted to find out what color was the sumo. And they said that the people were chocolate. I don't know anybody chocolate other than uh, African-American or black people. That's chocolate, uh, dark brown. Now, they say ham is black. They say that, that, that the, the people in that area were brown people, chocolate. And the thing that tell me that they were like African American, they say they had stoop noses. Say the nose was stoop, a stoop nose, and stoop means short and thick. That describes myself, and I, and and I I I pondered, I I, I I had to think about it. I'm thinking now. Every time I watched something and I had to come to the realization what was going on. And I started to realize that he who write the narrative make it what they believe and what they want it to be. And for so long, white Caucasian Europeans have written a Bible. Well, well, not written a Bible. They didn't write the Bible, but they translated it. And when you're translating something, you could kind of make it fit what you wanted to say. They wanted it to fit the slavery thing, so Pope Nicholas VI, look it up. He had a referendum that okay slavery. Now, this is the church. But, but now, if you would study in the book of Leviticus, it talks about the treatment of a foreigner or slave, that if that person was at your house, you were to treat that person like that person was part of your family. And biblically, most of the people that were slaves in the Bible, other than that went into Egypt, sold themselves into slavery to work a debt off. That's biblical slavery. Not that the worst, worst inhumane treatment ever been, anybody ever suffered in the world over 300 years what, what, what we suffered and from African-Americans that came, came over with the slave, transatlantic slave trade is nothing to compare. The Holocaust cannot compare with it. Nothing to compare with the treatment. More people died being captured on the coast of Africa and brought back to ships. The middle passage going over, bodies being thrown, thrown over, people jumping over, People are afraid of dying of disease, rape, then getting on American soil, burned home to death, dying of disease. So much more than six million people died. There's numbers you can't count. Bodies and skeletons litter the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. People crying just to be free who God made them to be. This is history. This is the history that no one is talking about. See, see, I want you to understand the term white people started in the U.S. in 1680, and it was not even in Europe. It was started in America. But the Pope did okay it. King James himself was a slave trader. Now, Abraham came from more of the Chaldees of Mesopotamia. I just told you that the people that came in that, that from that area were chocolate and had stoop noses. 
Now, Abraham, his wife, Sarai, and his father left, and then went on, but his father died while they were traveling. So when Abraham came, the Bible said he made it into the Holy Land, which is where Jerusalem is. The name during that time was called Jabus, J-E-B-U-S, Jabus. And that was one of Ham's grandson, meaning black. Now, they were now, what I'm confused at, now today they want to make the Hittites, the Phoenicians, and others white. The Egyptians, but now they want to say Canaan was cursed. He was black. He was a black person. He was cursed. And, but now you want to take Egypt and say Egypt wasn't black, but you say they were, they come from Metherum, the son of Ham. You can't have it two ways because of the archaeological, uh, uh, the architectural things, excuse me, and things that they found, the writing, the hydroglyph, the gold, and the different beautiful pictures painted on, on in pyramids. And I want you to know something. No pictures were black. Those, if you ever notice that most of the noses of the people are off, or either they had to redo it because they shot the noses off of them, you'll never know who they are. They burned the library in Alexander, Egypt up. They burned a whole lot of stuff up. Then that means you interpret it the way you want to. But you cannot have it both ways, say, that Ham was black, but then when you get to Egypt, he's not black. You get to Ethiopia because the Greek and others call it the land of the gods. Well, Apollos held up the world. And it's, it's so many things that that's covered within that Bible. And when they make movies, Cleopatra, everybody's white. But for some reason or another, there was no white people. I want you to understand this, too. During the time Abraham left, which would have been roughly, it would have been over 4,000 years ago, left with the Chaldees, a black civilization. And he left, and when he came, he there was a famine in the land, and he went to Egypt. There was no Caucasians there because I told you earlier that the, the, the Bible says that Jeffrey went up in Europe. So everybody down here is black. They didn't have to they could walk in from Egypt to the Holy Land with a with a they're bordered by the by the by by their their country border each other. It was a less, little less than if the children of Israel would have left out of bondage in Egypt and wanted to walk to Jerusalem. They could have did it a little more than a week's time. There was no such thing as the Suez Canal. The canal was dug in 1900. Everybody in that area was black. Now, I want you to understand this. Imagine this, if you will, with me. I've seen on television they show the children of Israel wearing these little bottom things cut off like diapers. Working in the hot Egyptian sun, building pyramids, which the pyramids were already built when when they were over in there during the time of Moses, because that's maybe about uh, a little over 3,000 years ago. The pyramids were already built. But nevertheless, they show them working out in the sun with a diaper on, 
A white person without sunscreen cannot go on a beach without skin burning up, blistering up, and anything else. The people were all dark-skinned people, all of them. Well, why Well, why do you say that the people were dark-skinned people? Why do you say they were black? Well, I'm thinking as I look on the Bible, the Bible say Abraham went there, but after Abraham left, because he lied about that was his wife, he went there, he left. But now Abraham had his handmaiden, who they say was an Ethiopian woman, which was Hagar. She bared his first child, which was Ishmael. Now, but to go further back, but to continue to go, he had her. But now Abraham was already dark, with a, with a, a black uh, 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 Negro, if you want to call him a Negro or black. And uh, Hebrews, all you have to do is look up black Hebrews or black Israelites, and they will pull up a lot of things that you can find out and and just all this false stuff that we've been taught for years can be refuted. Now, I want you to understand this, that if you even go back in the Bible, you will find that during this time, it talks about before before Moses came about, that Joseph was sold into bondage by his brother. They said that the Midianites were passing through, which means Ethiopian Midianites were passing through, and they took him and sold him in Egypt. The not a Midianites and 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 Metherim uh, uh, and Cush are brothers. They sell him to Potiphar, which is the governor. Okay, when his brothers came, now their brother sold him in, but uh, famine hit the land, and they came in and they had to buy him. They had to buy food from him. Now, Joseph recognized them. They didn't recognize Joseph. Now, to show you all of them were black, the brother started Joseph with the Egyptian. Now, if I have 100 white people in an area and one black person, you know that that black person is black. Or if you have 100 blacks in an area and one white, you know the person is white. Why would they think Joseph was an Egyptian and they strictly tell you that Joseph, that Joseph uh, was, uh, that, that Egyptian was, excuse me, a Metherim or Egyptian was from the lineage of Ham, which you, or most of your Caucasian Bible scholars will tell you was black. Well, why all of a sudden after you look at the pyramids, you change and make them want to be white? Now, Okay, Joseph is uh, Egyptian. It didn't end there. Moses, I want you to pay close attention to this. The king found out that, and I got this from astrologers, about uh, a leader from the children of Israel was going to be a born in freedom. So, he said he won't be all the firstborn up to two years old. He won't kill that came across the birthing stool. That was a little stool or brick way uh, the Hebrew women would go and have their children. They call it a birthing stool. And they told all the midwife to turn them in. 
Well, Moses' mother was called Joshbeth, and Joshbeth took her baby and made a basket and put tarlac, call it pitch, and had her daughter, which was Miriam, to put him in the Nile and walk on the side of the river and walk and watch the baby flow down the river. Pharaoh, the king's daughter, looked, and he sees the princess take the baby out of the water, take the baby, name him Moses, which means drawn from the water, and raise him as her baby. But now listen at this. that You might say, well, what, what point are you trying to make? The point that I'm saying is if the Egyptian were, is, is off of Ham and they're black, if the children of Israel was white, you couldn't bring a white baby in the house with your father knowing that he already say kill all of them. You could not do it unless the kid could pass for the same color and look the same as you look. That was Moses. Moses was raised and trained as Pharaoh's grandchild. He looked like Pharaoh now. He used the same color. Even once Moses, when they were, they, were, they were talking to Moses, when God was leading Moses, he told Moses to put his hand under his coat, cloak. Moses did it. When he pulled it out, he turned it leper white. And they told him, put it back in. And he put it back in, and it came back to his regular color. If he was already white, you wouldn't say it turned white because you already that color. Now, Moses, to show you Moses was black, again, now, I told you, look it up. Ham is the progenitor of the African race. You can look it up in the Bible dictionary. you find. Now, but I mean, you know, they painted Egypt white and, and things like that. I know that's been done, but that's people, that's Hollywood, and that's people, not one of the people that they enslaved, uh, a race of people who have the 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 richest continent in the world with more natural resources than anyway to go forward they to hold them back so they they make everything different and they make everybody white to say that they are the superior race that's where races come in a racist is a person now listen at this definition because i'm going to give it to you and i want you to look it up now the definition of a racist, and it's hard for most African Americans to be a racist. A racist is a person that thinks he's superior, and another person is inferior to them. Blacks in America always just wanted to be treated equal and have their rights. So you can't be uh, a racist if you if that's what you believe in and that's what you want. I just want to be treated fairly. No. It's mostly whites are because they think that you are dumb. They think that they're above you because they're privileged. Not all. I don't say about all, but now racism is hard for a black to be because you got the own thing and you have to be able to control one's destiny. And uh, they have the, all the Fortune 500, the businesses, and everything is because the wealth is controlled by whites. So that's racism. But now, getting back to what I was saying, when Moses, after he stayed 40 years with Pharaoh, now he's black. I'm going to show you he's black. 
After he killed another Egyptian, he left Egypt, and he went to the land of Media where he met his wife. He went to Ethiopia. And his uh, his wife's name was Zipporah. She met him. She went and told her father, Jephro, she found an Egyptian. Now, the Egyptians and Medarim, which is, is, is Egypt, is brothers. So they're the same color. They look alike. And they came and said, we found an Egyptian. Now, they didn't say we found an Israelite or anything like that. We found an Egyptian. So they had to be dark. They were black. Now, you can't take and say, well, they're the children of Ham, and Ham is black. But then when you get around the Bible characters and they say how they look and and, and define them, you want to change them to look like you to make yourself look good and better than other people and what you had no nothing to do you left out of the Bible, and, and this is true. You'll find out that the Caucasian race left out the Bible in Genesis, the 11th chapter. Genesis, the 11th chapter. Now, now this is biblical facts. This is thing that all you have to do is look at your Bible. And, and, and even more proof, Dark is the people in the Sudan, the people of the Nubian controlled Egypt before. Now, I want you to understand that in the Sudan right now, if you, you look up this in the Sudan, look up about Sudan in, in Africa, the ancient Sudan had more pyramids than Egypt. They may not have been at all, but you can look it up. If you Google it, you could find that it's right there. You know, all you have then too, if you want to do even more study, just look up before these books were written in 19, whether it was 19, uh, 90, starting in 94, 90, 94, I was getting my master and I, I wrote my thesis before they had what about the real uh, Jude or the real Israelites about the 12 tribes. I, I had did my studying before, but there's a lot of books out now. I haven't published mine yet, but there's a lot of books that you could learn a lot from. See, the European claiming to be Jews, they uh, have no, they are, they are, they are, they're not genetically uh, uh, at all Israelites or Jews. They are Hebrew-speaking Gentiles. That's all they are, Hebrew-speaking Gentiles who have taken uh, the belief of the children of Israel. Now, I want us to look at some of the black Africans of the Bible, you know, and I want want us to pay close attention to certain things. We'll find Ham Settle, they say the Ham Settlements, Ham settlements were, well, okay, now Ham settlements were called the land of Ham for thousands of years, and now it is known as Egypt. And you can find this, all you can find this in Psalm 78 and 58, Psalm 105, 23, and, and through 27, or either Psalms uh, 105, 106, 19, and 23. 
Genesis 14 and 5, Deuteronomy 2 and 10, 1 Chronicles 4 and 40. You could find these names that I'm telling you about what it was called the land of Ham. But now, all of a sudden, Ham black, but now the pyramid is here, so now you want to change it on TV and make the people be white. The student of the Bible cannot identify black people in the Bible because we are used to hearing the term Negro, Black, African-American, or African. The student who traces the Bible using three terms, uh, search in vain, the basic Bible term in which is used to identify Black, African, in the Bible are words like Ethiopian, Cush, Cushite, Canaanite, Hef, Hittites, Jebusite, Jebus, Cush, Jesito, Cushite, Egyptian, Sheba, Havilah, Sabata, Ramor, Sheba. This is in Genesis uh, 10, chapter, verse 6 through 20. According to Sir Arthur Keith Fishberg and J. Massey, the Greek, Herodias, and the Roman taxido became because of centuries of, excuse me, miscegenation, excuse me very much, miscegenation, meaning breeding. The Semites, including the Hebrew and Hamite blacks or Negroes, were largely a blend of one race. Now, these are different Roman taxitas and others and Herodotus, Heroditus, Herodotus, I'm sorry, Herodotus, Herodotus, all these made the, the statement that that they are really one race. This information is X that we view. Cush, Metherum, Put, that's Libya, Cyrene, Canaanites, Phoenician, all these people. And we know about the, we hear about the Phoenician, we get our alphabets and stuff from Phoenician. But, well, who the Phoenician is if we get our alphabets from the Phoenician? They were black people. They were black people. That's where you get your alphabet. That's where you get your scale of weighing things. That's where you get your measurements and things from. To make for the Greeks and others to be able to trade with the Phoenician could they had shift to go anywhere. They made they they made uh, uh, weights and alphabets that they could communicate. Later on, the Greeks passed it on to the, the people in Germany. So you see, Ham was the youngest son of Noah. Well, look at Ethiopia, which is Cush is the firstborn son of Ham, and it talks about his son. And now listen at this. He settled in the northeastern Africa. Cush is called the father of Cushai, meaning Ethiopia. This ancient land was ruled by many kings and queens, such as the Queen Ra, Nasa, Palenque, Tutmus, Queen Amestra, reign of Ethiopia. But now I want you to understand, too, that Haile Selassie, talks about it. When Hallelujah Selassie talks about different things about the land of 
Ethiopia. We know about King David and, and Solomon. Solomon, um, about the Queen of Sheba, supposedly had a baby for King Menelik, which would have been um, Solomon's son that went to who lived in Ethiopia. He had a, a son there. So now, when we look at these things, you find it all the way through. Now, now let, let's look a little bit further. I talked about Moses being black and told you that Moses was Pharaoh's uh, grandson and, they were, and that the uh, children, they were black, that, that the Egyptian, I showed you the Egyptian were black because it's called Netherim, they're the, the son of Ham. But now, they also call, and, and whites now say because of the color of the dirt. They used to call, the, one of the names for Egypt was Kim, the land of Kim. And it means the land of blacks. But now Europeans say it means the land of, it means black dirt. To take away all this away from, from this, it means black dirt. I, well, sometimes I think about it and uh, I, uh, I, I, I think real heavy on that. And I say, now, you can't give us credit for building anything, big civilization or anything without trying to take it from us. You you don't want to say it, it means the land of the black people, but you say Ham was black. And then you say Metherum was his son, and they call the people the land of Kim. Well, I live in Louisiana, and the Mississippi River passed straight through here. And the Mississippi River, the largest river in the United States is the Mississippi River, and it goes from Minnesota all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, I submit to you that you, you don't call the people down here black because the dirt is, is supposed to be black. The dirt is not all just cold black like they say it's supposed to be because the Nile feeds out into the Mediterranean. It's, 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 it's certain things that people make up. Now, Jabez uh, was Cain's, Cain, Canaan, was Canaan's third son. Now, I want you to understand this about the Jebusite. That's Jerusalem. Many Jebusites were forced out of Jerusalem by Joshua, forced them out, and and things like that. They were, were Hamites now. But I want you to understand that. Now, from where Jebus came from, the first person that was called the high priest of the most high God was Melchizedek. And Abraham paid tithes to this black man, Jebusite, named Melchizedek. And evidently Melchizedek had walked with God and knew who God was because Abraham called him the high priest of the most high God. Read it. But now the Bible says that he was from Ahams. I mean, yes, a ham settlement from Jabez. And that just simply means Jerusalem. You know, you're talking about the Hittites. The most popular black Hittites in the Bible, Hittite in the Bible was Uriah. And, you know, that was Bathsheba's wife and a Menelik, uh that was, that was a Menelik's, uh son, son-in-law who David had killed for his 
his wife, King Solomon. The Jebusites were bond servants and worked as keepers of the great temple which was built in Eglon. Jabez's offspring as a race lost their identity through mixed breeding among Hebrews. Now, you know, they, they call people Kaphos. Kaphos, uh in Jerusalem, Kaphos was the seventh son of Metherim, mean Egypt. Even today, whites, <laughs> instead of calling you the N-word in South Africa, they call you Kaphos. <laughs> and so, but now, this is the white, the Portuguese and the different other people in Europe call the people Kaphos. But now, this was the name of uh, Metherim's seventh son, I mean, Egypt, and Egypt was its seventh son. Now, it's so much in this Bible that, that tells you who you are and you think about what they say, but don't ever think that Europeans will ever tell you the truth about who you are. If we don't get them begin to really study and, and see what happened, they've written books to tell you who you are. But we don't go back into that book what they wrote to tell us who we are. Anytime Moses is defined as the Egyptian, uh, Zipporah father told her father they found the Egyptian. Joseph's brother thought he was one. When Jesus was born, they took him to Egypt to hide him out. All these people were taken to Egypt. That in the Bible, out of Egypt, I'll bring my son. Talk about Jesus. I mean, it's one of the things, and they try to make it a slang about, you know, a people. You know, and it, it doesn't mean they're talking about uh, about the Egyptians and the Ethiopian won't change his color. Leopard is striped. Doesn't mean that negative connotation. What, what what whites have tried to make it do. Now they call it the Dan and Sheba. Now they call these supposed to be around Ethiopian the Kushites, right? I noticed that one thing they did have right. Now there's something in Israel today. They call them Felicia Beta Israel. They do say that they were. They do admit that they are the tribe of Dan. And that was a priestly tribe who Samson came off of. The Dan and Sheba were also great-grandsons of Ham. So these these people are, are black. We need to understand this is the same country which made Queen of Sheba, the famous during Solomon's uh, empire. Now, when we look at these things, uh, it's important that we continue to study. You know, the word Ishmael means God's hero. Melchizedek means just. Melchizedek was the first high priest in the Bible, king of Salem. Melchizedek tried to meet Abraham after his victory over the Chaldemus, he met Abraham with bread and water, and he blessed Abraham. We also find that Abraham gave Melchizedek a tent of the spawn. He was that Chaldemus. With scholars write that Melchizedek 
was much like Jesus. Both were high priests and had faith in the most high God. Jesus also broke bread and water in John 3 and 5, 6 and 35. There's also no record of Melchizedek's birth or death or his parents. Melchizedek lived among Ham descendants as high priests of the Amorites. Amorites were known as great black warriors and descendants of Canaan. Now this is now this is the man that was called the priest of the Most High God by Abraham. I'm telling you, it's, it's so much stuff that we have here to to research about Melchizedek and where he was from. Ishmael was Abraham's first son by Hagar, his black hair made from Egypt. Ishmael was wild. Just as the angels foretold that every man's hand would be against him and his hand against every man, Ishmael was uh, what Ishmael really was Egyptian and he also was black, both black. Well, he, he was from off of Abraham, so Abraham, he was a Shemite and Egyptian, the Hebrew and the Egyptian. Ishmael is known as his father, as the father of the average race. God appeared unto Hagar, his mother, and told her he would make a great nation. They told him that 12 princes would come from Ishmael. Ishmael grew up in the land called Paran, and there he married an Egyptian woman who bore him 12 princes and princes. Just as the angel foretold, his two sons, Kedemai and Timai, traveled north of Arabia and found cities there. Mahalak was the daughter of Ishmael, who married his brother Isaac, son Esau. Abimelech, we talked about that, Agurah, the father of the king. Now, when we look at these things, it's important that we pay close attention to who they marry. I've already told you that the children of Jephthah, or the white race, had left out the Bible. Only two people are marrying one another, the children of Shem and the children of Ham. They are marrying one another. Both of them are black and brown. Where is the white race? Where is the white race? You you will find them nowhere in your Bible at this particular time. How they talks about the Cretes and the Capitol were both children from Ham, grandchildren of Ham. Now they're talking about Ephraim. Ephraim, a descendant of Ham, fourth son made preparation to sell Abraham a plot, a barrier. The landowner was a Hittite and dwelling among the children of Heth. Abraham was a patriarch who paid 400 shekels of silver, $190. The name of the place is Machpelah. There he was buried with his wife Sarah in a cave and was later reunited with 
with her, well, was buried. He buried his wife Sarah in a cave, and was later united with her while Ishmael and Isaac were mourning. Now, this is something I want you to understand about Abraham too. When you find out after Sarah died, Abraham remarried an Ethiopian woman named Katara. She had about five kids for him. Abraham married Katara. It's in the 27th chapter of the book of of Genesis. And Katara married him, bad him children. These are the things that we need to know. Now, I, I find out that there's so much within these things about studying the Bible and knowing who is who. And the only reason I'm saying this and the only reason I'm teaching this history of the Bible to you is because we have no outlets to really teach the true Bible. Everything that we have and being taught by television, movies and theaters and books that we write have totally whitewashed made every Bible character white, every angel white, everybody's white. The only picture, if they show you of a black person, that person is a slave, a servant. And in reality, if you were to go back during the time, it might have been the opposite way. It would have been opposite. Even in Egypt, Egypt, Egypt was black. You're talking about part of the time, the Nubians, which is the people from Sudan. You're talking about Ethiopia ruled it for some time. They ruled it. The Egyptians ruled it themselves. And much later on came the Arabs. What you see there now is Arab. Before the Arabs came after the Romans came there real late with Alexander the Great. And that was a couple hundred, what that was about two thousand, little over 2,000 years ago when Alexander the Great had conquered over there. I mean, that's when they came back. That's when, not they, but that's when Caucasians came back in the picture a couple hundred years before Christ. Christ was a descendant of blacks. His whole lineage were made up of, of black Hebrew Israelites. And if they were not just black Hebrew Israelites, they were Hamites. They were children of Ham. Tamar, sure. Tamar was black. I'm talk- when I say Tamar, I'm-, I'm talking about Judah, where Judah came in about. And Judah already was black. He married Tamar all the way through through Jesus' ancestry, I could just list them. I'm going to list them to you. Those who are listening, just once I started talking off, and I will say it more than once so you could follow it in your Bible. And because in America, they say if you have 132nd white blood in, black blood in you, you're black. But Jesus came from uh, a Sumerans, which was an Ethiopian civilization that started off with that. Abraham. You know, Joseph was, you know, Moses was, and, you know, all the way through. And then you get to find out all these other people that came from different other places, uh, from Egypt and, and Ethiopia that's in Jesus' 
bloodline, how could Jesus be anything black plus black make black? Even if you take black and white, you're going to come up with black. If I, if if a, a, a black male and a white female have a child, the race of that child is always going to be black. It's not going to be Caucasian. But it didn't happen that way. The children of Israel were never white. White people did not come from that part of the country, that part of, of the world at that time. They were up in Europe. And so now I'm going to stop here tonight, and I'm going to give time for tonight for any questions that anyone might have to ask. It's open for questioning. Okay. We we thank you, Dr. Kim. Wonderful show tonight, wonderful teaching. Uh, we're going to open up the lines tonight to see if there are any uh, questions or any comments, any statements, anyone have anything that they would like to ask Dr. Kim tonight. The line is open for you now. God bless you all. Uh, are there any questions, statements, or comments for Dr. Kim tonight? The line is open. Okay. All right, Dr. Kemp, uh, no questions, comments, or statements tonight. Uh, they are just listening. I see the people online, but no one has any questions, so uh, we're good. Uh, I'd just like to say the only dumb question is one not asked. If you don't fully understand something more, I'll be more than happy to answer it to the best of my knowledge. The things that I've said came from research. This is things that I've researched. And these are uh, different facts that I've came up with. And I've came up with so many things that I came came up with. I know that King James, the way he interpreted some of the things in the Bible, was predicated upon the way whites feel about blacks. And, you know, uh, and some and that's the way it, it was, in, you know, trans, that's the way it was translated through the, when they were saying what does it mean. That's the way they translate it. That's why even some of our large evangelicals have the thing that they are bigger or better than uh, 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 black Americans, uh, 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 whatever they want to call you, Negroes. But I, I made a statement, and I told those who ever get a chance to go and just um, Google And when you Google it, say you want the Zondervan Compact Bible Dictionary, definition of ham, and it's going to come up with the youngest son of Noah and the father of the African race. And it's going to say Ethiopia, Egypt, Libya, and the Canaanites. But all of a sudden, Egypt turned to be white. They didn't want to give Ethiopia to be black. But then they say, but listen to what they say. They're going to say the father of those, but they say, but not the father of the Negro. If the Negro is not the children of Jephthah and not the children of Ham, who are you? It's only one other. And they say that the, that, that the one that the, the, the Shemites came from 
who were around Ur the Chaldees from that area around Erech and Babylon in that area, and that the Sumerians were chocolate and had stout noses, and that's where Abraham came from, and he was a Hebrew. So when you get up, uh, just look to sometime Google black Hebrew Israelites and start doing some research on it. You either be open, look like more people know who you are than you know who you are. And I submit to you, many people do know, and we'll try to refute it, but they know the truth. It's a shame when other people know more about you than you know about yourself because we don't study it. And until I leave this world, I want to say this here, I'm going to study and find out more and more who I am and whose I am. The Bible is not a, a white man's book. It was written by people of African descendants, uh, dark-skinned people. So, and, uh, and that's who God chose the people of that Arab hot area to 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 from. They don't even have what only people white in that area today are people around Israel. Even dark people still live in that area. Uh, you know, if you have a friend or brother, sister, or someone that um, went over to Iraq War or something like that, or Kuwait, or you go to Saudi Arabia, places like that, they call them sand, sand, like the sand on the beach, sand, N-I-G-G-E-R, N-word. Because they 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 caramel like, so and some of them real dark, some of them look like Africa, some of them are caramel, and they call them sad in words. Excellent soldier. I thank you. God love you, and God bless you. And we're gonna continue walking through history, holding our heads up, poking our chest out, knowing that we're children of the Most High God. That we came from a high place. God has brought us a mighty long way. And who we are and whose we are, Deuteronomy 28 and 68 told us that we were going to go in bondage by ship to a foreign language and to be sold as slaves. We're the only people on this earth to be gone by ships. No one ever took a ship. They didn't have to take a ship to go to Egypt. Joseph walked in Egypt. Hmm. The children, it was no, it, the land mass was joined together. They had not built the Suez Canal. And that's just a wide, like little river thing for, for, for ocean going ships to pass through. You've heard of the Panama Canal? It's the Suez Canal. It was built in 1900. You can look that up, the Suez Canal. All the land, it was called North Africa, the Holy Land. That was the name. And the people were not Caucasian. Amen. God bless you. And God bless you. I want to say again about um, this pandemic that we're, we're experiencing. And I want you to pray for one another. And I want you to keep your social distancing. Wear your face mask. Wash your hands. Don't go out too soon. God will take care of us. But don't test God. When Satan tempted Jesus, he said, you don't test the Lord thy God. Don't test God. 
Do what you're told. And remember, just because people are padding, people are getting better, that does not mean they're getting better. That simply means millionaires and billionaires want you to come back and die making money for them. In essence, they want their business, the restaurant, the hotels, the airline, and all these other big all companies. All they want you back working so you could pad their pockets. They don't care. As soon as you die, it's another application next up, and you're working. They don't care about you. The president don't care about you. All he want to do is make money for his hotels, his golf course, and his investments. And then he want to do it because he want to say, I have a great economy going into the election. But no, you didn't do the right thing. But we're going to praise God and be like, Job. though you slay me, yet shall I trust you. And just continue to doing what's right. Amen. And remember, learn about yourself. It's nothing wrong, but never put yourself above because you find out that you are the chosen people. And the Bible is written for you and about you. Don't think that you're better than any other man. Then you'll be taking the same, you'll be walking the same track that that uh, Europeans did with us. They call themselves Christians, and nowhere in the world you could treat a person like they did us and say that you're a true Christian and kill off just about a genocide of the whole Native Americans. But yet they are Christians. No, they are not. Hmm. God bless you, Pastor. God bless you. And this great man of God, I want to just say it and shout it to the top of my voice. This is a great man of God. Pastor Roderick Hot Rod William Reverend. <laughs> God bless you, a powerful man of God who keeps this airway filled with the word of God, who God has on his battlefield. He's a general in God's army. He's a commander commanding us to go forth and tell the world, God bless you. God bless you, Dr. Kemp. We appreciate you, sir, for all that you're doing for the kingdom of God, sir. Breaking chains, we thank you for being, uh, letting us be a part of you and you being a part of us. So God bless you, and let's continue this fight together, and we're going to break these chains, Apostle. I tell you, let's make it. Let's make it happen. Uh, Let's uh, let's make sure that everybody tune in tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. The men and women of God come together, breaking chains uh, with the P31 ladies and the men of valor. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can pray us out, Dr. Kemp. Merciful eternal, Father, we come, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we come, Lord, asking, Lord, and praying that something was said, something done that gave us more knowledge of your holy word. We thank you, Lord God, for everything that was said and done. Lord, we pray, Lord, for each and every listener that's listening. And, Lord, we pray for this world. We pray for healing of this land. We pray for understanding. We pray for commonality. We pray for liberalism. We pray that every man be treated equally. Lord, we pray, Lord, that this virus, we know that, You are a doctor above all doctors, a lawyer above all lawyers, Lord. We know that that you have more medicine in just the hem of your garment than any drugstore or pharmacist. Lord, touch the hearts and minds of the scientists. And, Lord, give them the knowledge that they'll be able to come up with a vaccine, a serum, something that we can take to defeat COVID-19. 
Lord, all we have to do is depend on you. You will give us a way out. Oh, Lord, bless Reverend Hadron. Give continue to lead and guide and strengthen him that he could be a beacon and light and a leader to our communities throughout their ways. Lord, we just love him. We ask a blessing upon him and his family. Bless every family that's listening right now. Bless every Christian, every church preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And for us, amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Thank everybody for tuning in tonight. Don't forget, Dr. Kemp is on every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Wake up. Let's find out who we are and get our identity together. God bless you, Dr. Kemp. We love you. Have yourself a blessed night. Be safe out there, y'all. God bless you. There is life in our songs, healing in our wings. We are children of God, joined
Thanks for listening to Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Listen every night as we live stream on www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash YAT Radio. Or call in live 858-357-9137. Breaking Chains on YAT Radio. Leaving a mark that can't be erased by breaking the chains of silence. Want to get involved? Got comments or suggestions? Let us know right here at YAT Radio. Email us at youngadultstalk at gmail.com. Call us at 858-357-9137. Or write us at YAT, Post Office Box 361-308, Decatur, Georgia, 30036. Thanks for turning us on this evening. Just know we are here to assist you in recovering your light from back from the darkness. Speak the truth with Young Adults Talk Live, a ministry for the people of God. So let's join together and recover what's ours. God bless you from the Young Adults Talk family.